Hi, welcome back to Ayan Chats. Please make sure you're following on social media. Twitter, Ayan Chats. Instagram, Ayan Marian. To stay updated and to know when new episodes are coming out. Please enjoy the following episode. Hello and welcome back to episode 8. Um, this episode will be about female genital mutilation, as you can see from the title. So... Let me give some background information into it so that you guys know what it is for those that don't. Um, so basically, FGM is uh, described as the removal or cutting of the labia and clitoris. So the World Health Organization describes FGM as any procedure that injures the female genital organs for non-medical reasons. Um, so there's four types. There's type 1, which is clitoridectomy. I don't know if, the, if I pronounced that right, but... It is the partial or total removal of the of only the clitoris, basically. Oh, it sounds like very painful. <laughs> and then there's type two, which is excision, which is partial or total removal of the clitoris, and and sometimes the labia minora, or in some cases the labia majora uh, is also removed. Um, then there's type three which is infibulation so um the vagina opening is narrowed so, um so what they do is they create a cover and a seal so in order to form the seal the the labia is cut and then sewed and i think it's both the labia minora or and labia majora but we'll find that later from my guest i like i'll ask you that and then that is sewed together and then Adding to this, um, the clitoris and the labia may also be removed, and then a teeny weeny small opening is left, and then I think that's so like you can pee. And and then basically once like the girl gets married or whatever, then it's cut so that she can the female can engage in sexual activity, and it's also cut so that the woman can give birth. But most of the times they cause birth complications because everything's all together. Then there's type 4, which is even worse. So this is like all other types of forms. So it includes pricking, piercing, cauterizing, burning, the use of acid, etc., etc. In order to mutilate it. So that's just crazy. Um... It's not mentioned in any of the religious texts, so basically, many cultures they use religion as an excuse for it, but it's not really mentioned in any of the books, and it's it's something that basically started before Abrahamic religion. So some people say that it originated from ancient Egypt and stuff, uh, and yeah, so obviously it has nothing to do with religion. And many scholars are also against it, but it happens in many African, Middle Eastern and Asian countries. So more than half um, the cases in the world occur in Egypt, Indonesia, Somalia and Ethiopia. Somalia and Egypt have the highest, one of the highest percentages around the world, uh, which is around 94%. And FGM is also predominant in more than 30 countries in the world, including Sierra Leone, Guinea, Saudi Arabia, Malaysia, uh, etc etc and 3 million um, women and girls get it done every year 
and it often occurs between the ages of 8 to 15 years old um, or under in some cases like kids like girls younger than 8 years old can get it and currently now in the world like there's more than 200 million women that have undergone the procedure which is really messed up so like I said before uh, I don't think it has anything to do with religion but there's a cultural significance to it so um, they say that obviously it can be tradition I don't know how the hell it spread because oh, it's a bit mad um, they say that oh once a girl gets it she's more pure and it's to do with fertility and that she's ready for marriage and if she doesn't get it it's like oh, that her. Um, they say that it's better for her sexuality um, and stuff like that which is really messed up yeah so my guest today she has basically worked with the Minister of Health to raise awareness on this because I don't think it was known about in England until recently um, because there was a high influx of like Africans and East Africans and Arabs and stuff during the 90s. I don't think there was that many here before that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, um, since there's no medical complete, there's no medical benefits to it. There's a lot of it really messes you up. There's a lot of uh, negatives to it. Basically, um, it can cause a lot of complications. So you can end up with severe bleeding, shock. Uh, complications in childbirth which happened to my mom basically um so me and her basically nearly died because of that and which is why she named me Ayan which basically means lucky and then um obviously my mom um she's the type of person she doesn't really give a shit about um, cultural norms or traditions and stuff like she goes with what she feels is right so obviously she never did that to me and my sister but yeah so basically I would have been dead <laughs> I would have died so, but, yeah, but she's still suffering from the complications from it, as, along with many other women. You end up with problems urinating, problems and menstruating. So, basically, when you hit puberty, you're okay till puberty. And then, once you hit puberty and you need to get your period, it gets stuck. Because, obviously, depending on which one you got, actually. I think if you got type 1, which was, and type 2, you'd be kind of alright. Because it's not really so together. But if you got type 3, it gets stuck, like... Where's it going to come out from? The, like, the holes are not big enough. Because you need to... Okay, this doesn't be too much information, but you need to bear in mind, some women and girls, like, period doesn't come out in, like, liquid all the time. Depending on how anemic you are or whatever happened, like, to do with your hormones that month, it can come out in clots. And sometimes they're in small clots, like big blood clots. So imagine that being stuck. Um, problems during sexual intercourse, as a lot of people don't know about FGM know like um, she'll have pain or blah 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 she can't feel no pleasure and stuff like that uh, mental health issues which obviously um, well mental health issues make sense because first of all <laughs> they're doing it to kids which is like sexual abuse um, when they come to the west and they realise that as my guest will tell you that oh, what happened to them is wrong then they're like what the hell and then um pts they can get ptsd from it and um with my mom the story that she told me was that sometimes they don't even use the right tools or 
the ladies like using a razor and like there's no painkillers and stuff like that so it makes sense and then death which uh, recently we've seen the news that young Somali girl who was basically oh what the hell am I saying basically she died it was on the, it was on the news like um she went no I think she was already in Somalia and then they did it to her and then she either got blood poisoning or she bled out but she died and then there was a big inquiry into that because I feel like it's, it's basically banned all over the place because it's a dangerous thing and many people just do it just to follow cultural norms and stuff like that which isn't good in my opinion um obviously it's violence against girls and you can end it if like you educate the parents like most educated parents i feel like once they know it's wrong they don't really do it and a lot of people around the world are actually against it it's just that some are very they feel like what their forefathers did is correct even though it's not and you need to have cultural intervention so if someone tells a story to the community and they see the negative impacts of it then they'll stop and obviously you need to put laws and policies in place to deter the practices but yeah so today we're gonna do cultural intervention a little bit of education and yeah once my guest comes on okay basically welcome to the podcast thank you and yeah tell us a bit about yourself Okay, so um, my name is Dadira Hussain. I'm 36 years old and I am a solicitor based in London. Okay. And um, so we're here to discuss FGM mm-hmm. and um, the complications that go along with it. Uh, so as like the viewers will probably tell, the listeners would probably tell from this um, you've had FGM done? Yes, I did. Um, I was six years old um, because I was partly brought up in Somalia. So I had my mm-hmm. FGM uh, performed on me when I was a child. Uh, do, do you remember the procedure? Vaguely. I mean, as you can appreciate, a six-year-old probably can't recall things um, word for word. Mm-hmm. But I, I vividly do remember... Um, following my mother to a clinic um, that did this sort of thing and having it done um, and then being given sweets, um, being told I was a good girl and then coming home. Okay, so um, did you know or understand like what was being done to you and what was happening? No, 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 not none at all. Um, not at all, rather. It was, uh, it was just something that um, my mother said we had to do because it's something that we all do and it's traditional it's cultural so yeah mm-hmm. I, had, I didn't have a clue about what it was or what was going to happen to me um no okay so how did this how did you discover that it wasn't like the norm was it when you came to the west or how did you find uh, out like what then yeah so I, I i sort of it wasn't like a an overnight discovery thing that happened um I discovered it almost by accident I had a number of health complications over the years and um, mm-hmm. um I kind of found out that 
what I had done to me um, was possibly a contributing factor to my poor health. So I okay. to answer your question, um, kind of if you like, the first time I properly discovered it, I was probably about 32, something like that. So were you okay like all those years? No. I, I mean, health-wise, I was never okay. But um, mm-hmm. I kind of didn't make the connection between the FGM that I, I um, was done to me and the the complications and health issues that I suffered or I was suffering. Okay, so what did you think, like, the complications were due to? Did you think it was just, like, normal pains or...? Um, I, I, yeah, it was... It, I just thought it was... All women suffered like that. Um, I kind of have spoken to my mother about it a few times and uh, uh, she knew about my suffering in particular. She knew about my severe period pains and um, she sort of said it was normal said she too had suffered severely like that um, mm-hmm. she was, before she had children um, and she kind of convinced me that it was normal and all women suffered that much pain. Okay um, so what kind of health complications did you have was it like period pains or? Yeah so so I had a, um, a very difficult period um, period pains m- menstrual cycle um, kind of never was sort of easy when when um it was that time of the month um and as it turns out now um there's been a couple of blockages in my kind of kidney um at the moment and Mm -hmm. I've been having problems so level of uh urine Mm -hmm. passing urine um and the doctor has actually said to me that uh, she uh, didn't expect a woman of kind of my age to to be having such a yeah but it's not normal so, yeah it's not normal basically there there've been a couple of these problems that at the moment I'm receiving either treatment for mm-hmm. or I'm having I'm having to go through um hospital uh, appointments and, and things um, so do you feel comfortable disclosing which type of fgm you've had Type three. Type three. So yeah. everything was basically stitched together. Yeah. And um, apart from your urine and your period and your kidney um, problems, do you feel like it's caused any other problems? Like, did it affect your confidence, your self-esteem? So I had my reverse. So, so just to be clear, I, I have, I've had my reversal done. So I'm mm-hmm. actually... You know, I, I'm no longer the, the, the type, you know, people can do their own research. I'm sure, I'm sure your listeners will. But there's a procedure that you use to reverse the um, type three um, damage, if you like, that's been done. So I've had that procedure done a few years ago. Um, and that this was to ease my uh, health complications. And Unfortunately, what was happening was that the doctors weren't taking my complaints very seriously because they were blaming everything on the FGM. So, mm-hmm. I, it, so it kind of I had to sort of do um, a process of elimination where I had to get rid of my FGM, if you like, quote, get rid of like okay. get the reversal done, and then and then I'll be able to do all of these other things because when you've got when I mean I don't want to get too technical, but with the female. Um, stomach it's a very complicated organ because you've got your 
reproductive system alongside your um, digestive system. So when you are complaining of stomach pains, doctors often have to use certain procedures to access certain parts of the stomach. And when you've got a type three um, um, FGM done, some of these examinations cannot take place, which often has to be sometimes vaginal. So mm -hmm. it was in order to, you know, facilitate those tests to find out what was going on with my stomach um, that kind of persuaded me to get the reversal done. Now, in terms of uh, how you felt confidence wise, I think obviously this is done to affect your confidence. And, you know, there's quite a lot of research out there about controlling women's um, sexual pleasures and 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 ability for women to have sex without actually thinking about having a baby um mm -hmm. so it does affect your confidence the, the thing is yes patriarchal very much patriarchal um mm -hmm. and you know so these people are clearly uneducated because circumcising someone mutilating some a child because that's what happens it, it's done at the at the stage when you're a child is not going to affect your ability to put it down crudely not to be a whore later on in life so um <laughs> you, do you know what i mean that because that's what they are trying to stop they are trying to stop you being sexually active at any point before your wedding mm -hmm. night so yeah, because I've said earlier that the main reason why they do it is that it shows like your husband that you haven't done anything, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had my own mother tell me that she needed to see a certificate when I floated the idea, um, a virginity certificate when I floated the idea of getting uh, the reversal done. So it's deep rooted, it's deep seated um, ideology, and and it unfortunately is very harmful to young women out there. To their, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's their confidence, whether it's their um, mental uh, stability, it's quite a traumatic experience. Yeah, and uh, when you met the Minister of Health to raise awareness on this. Um, like, did you bring up like the top the issues that you've brought up with us today? Yeah, I mean, so that we I met um, at my clinic um, that I had my reversal done, which was an amazing clinic, which actually was under threat of closing because of government uh, cuts. Where's it based? Ealing. Um, Ealing, okay. Which, which was unfortunately um, under threat because it was closing because of no money, mm -hmm. essentially. Is it um, NHS funded? So, so yeah. So, I mean, I found the clinic myself. I wasn't actually referred there by my GP because my mm -hmm. GP didn't know what FGM was. And, in fact, one of, one of a doctor that I saw asked me what FGM was and I had to explain to her what it was. So, I think in recent years, there's been a campaign to raise awareness of this issue um, but it was not something that was touched in the past by local authorities for fear of um, offending local cultural sensitivities. And obviously this, that, that is wrong because it is abuse. It's a form of abuse, uh, physical abuse yeah. by parents. Because as a child, you've got no control over 
what happens to you and you trust your parents to look after you and have the best interest mm-hmm. your best interest at heart mutilating a six-year-old or, or even younger is not having your best interest at heart so there has been in recent years quite a lot of campaign it's it's a popular subject now popular cause so when I met the minister I met the minister in in the context of kind of making sure that um, there's early um, detection of parents taking their children overseas to um, to to do this procedure on them to co- inflict this pain on onto the child, and that we needed to make sure that there was enough funding to raise the awareness amongst the um, authorities, you know, social services, all of those involved with children. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I feel like it's in terms of awareness, it's it's increasing because now if you are at risk of FGM, you need to, they say like if you're at the airport, put a spoon in your underwear and then that's how they know and that's how they'll save you. And in Birmingham airport as well, they said that if you go to the toilets, the, the women's toilets, um, there's a cubicle which is a certain colour and inside that cubicle there's a telephone. So all you need to do is go inside that cubicle and then call like the airport staff and then they'll come and like, rescue you basically yeah i mean i think it's a great idea and it's not just a somali issue this is oh it's international (laughs) it's a national issue and it's not a muslim issue so what people should not make it out to be is this is going to be a a particular religion there is a jewish tribe in egypt um ancient jewish tribe in egypt which practices this there are christians in 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 west africa who practice this Obviously, there are Somalis and Muslims who, in North Africa, Northeast Africa, who practice this. So it is, mm-hmm. um, it is a widespread issue, unfortunately. And you would hope that in 2018, um, at least there is a reduction of parents. And there are, you know, there are uh, the Somalis. I mean, I can certainly speak to Somali parents. Certainly, for us. What my, in my family, there are three girls. So I've got the type three. My sister has the middle one has the type two. And the youngest one born in Holland hasn't got anything inflicted on her. So you can already... Um, of... Do you think, though, if she was born in Somalia, she'll have it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the problem is that you need to eradicate this at a local level in Somalia. Mm-hmm. Because... For people who are born in the West, it, it's there will be a couple of people who unfortunately slip through the net. But majority of people, because of the sentencing and because the generation growing up now are realizing actually what's the point, what's what is this all about? You know, if somebody wants to go yeah. and have sex, it's more of a mental thing rather than having a sewn up vagina. That's not going to stop you from having yeah. sex. Yeah, and and they've also seen like the way their moms have suffered and the other women yeah. and stuff. So they won't really. Like, they just that. like for example for example like you know like the complications and everything like if you have yeah. kids you won't put them through the same thing no way no and and also i think the in somalia it's more of a peer pressure thing so because everyone does it um you know your mother had it my mother had it mm-hmm. so if we were in somalia we would have it as it's an automatic thing that you inherit unfortunately Whereas mm-hmm. over here in the West, that sort of pressure isn't there because it just means that um, 
it's frowned upon people have learned about it like you said people have seen you know their their, their own suffering and they just necessarily don't want to inflict that on their children but that's not to say that this issue should not receive the level of attention received and even receives and even more so because you're always going to have these crazy dogmatics out there yeah but the problem with somalis is they they they're embarrassed about the stuff that you're not meant to be embarrassed about yeah so um you need cultural intervention so more people need to speak up but if they're not going to speak up how are they going to be changes yeah like, i mean they see the, it, this this has ebb they see like speaking up for domestic abuse as ebb but the stuff like that is actually ebb like they're being stupid with like tribalism and stuff then they're happy to speak up on that yeah but that's because they had this bizarre mentality um and it's there's lack of there's lack of education there's lack of um, awareness about the implications. There is no explanation. What is it? I mean, the point is that when you're trying to um, outlaw something, you need to go back to basics, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that you're doing this? What is the purpose? What are, you tr- what are you trying to achieve? Culturally, unfortunately, we've lost that sense of questioning. Like, yeah. why is it that you're doing it? In the Western countries, if you're doing something, you're asked why. Why is this? Why is it? What are you trying to? What exactly do you want to achieve? Yeah, critical, critical thinking, basically. There's no critical thinking, unfortunately, with our, within our culture. It's dogma. It's just blind belief. There's no questioning. Mm-hmm. You know, we just do things because that's it's written somewhere, so you have to do it. Yeah. So we need to start from the lower levels, but many uh, scholars have also said that oh it's not a part of deen and stuff and even though no it's not there are scholars there are scholars that say that they're still doing it so i don't really understand like it's not it's not a religious thing though that's what i said it's not a religious I know, thing this is but more you know, how they, you know how they try to say that it's religious like that story i was telling you about that about <laughs> that um that girl sister and how her yeah. parents tried to convince uh-huh. her with deen yeah but those are the ones who are here in Somalia, not once was I told or none of the older generation, none of them were told. They knew it wasn't a religious thing. Mm-hmm. This is a cultural thing. It's got absolutely nothing to do with religion because points to me where in the Quran it says this should happen. It's because there's no medical yeah. benefits. But you know, with the male like circumcision, there are medical benefits because the the foreskin part is dirty but with this one it's just dangerous this one is to stop women from being sexually active that's what they think in their head Mm -hmm. to preserve their virginity and to have the male as the person who married her as the owner of that virginity in the same you know you know if she had like if she's closed and then they say he has to cut it. Like, what well, is he using a knife? Okay, so what tends to happen is that um, two things. Traditionally, it's the male with sheer force who would open up, quotation marks, the female. Okay. I know personally somebody who that, that's been done to and who had internal bleeding, who suffered internal bleeding because she got married and the guy... You know, he opened her up by force because she did not so want to have. So it's not a knife. It's basically <laughs> okay. Penis. 
the hell? Yeah, it's his penis. But what people now do, a lot of people, like the clinic I went to, I was the only person who was unmarried who had their reversal done. So a lot yeah. of women, what they do is before, when they are engaged and about to get married, they mm-hmm. get the reversal done in anticipation of them getting married. Okay. That's what they do over here. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you need to get it done anyway if you're going to have babies, right? Yeah, otherwise um, it'll cause issues. Like, it'll do my mom. Yeah, can't have you can't give birth yeah wow that's what a lot of women that's what they do they kind of they know this is wrong but it's been done to them what can they do Mm. but a lot of is that on the nhs or you have to pay privately no the nhs offers that it's on on the nhs but i mean you have to find it yourself my doctor never my gp despite going there many times over two years and having had five different ultrasounds did not refer me to to get this reversal done I and did, did you say oh i've had i've had fgm done can you like yeah refer I me? but it's not therefore if they don't know about it i don't even think they even teach them about it no i mean new gps do know about it I, i'm seeing at the moment a consultant privately through private healthcare. um it's offered by it comes with my employment but um, she's really good. She's amazing. You know, she's she's seen it. She's been on. She says she's been on a course. Um, yeah. I mean, they're trying. They're trying now. There, there is certainly a lot more awareness of of this than than there were than there was. You know, when I was growing up. Yeah, I didn't even know about it until I think uh, my mom told me about it. I think I was like seventeen. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so unless it's not it's not taught in school or anything, so unless you've met someone that that's had it, you won't really know anything. No, no, we just you know it's not a common Western thing, is it? But yeah, I mean, no. you 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 know, I remember when I was growing up, and one of the things I used to struggle with was peeing. <laughs> yeah, and I'd go to the toilet, and um, my friends would be outside waiting for me ten minutes. So it's taking me that long to pee. I don't get. They'll get really annoyed. They'll be like, "Gosh, it takes you forever." Yeah, and I'd, I'd just be like, "Well, why am I different? Why does it take me that long?" Then, then my friend Katie would just run to the toilet and was out in about five minutes or half the time that I took. Mm. So you wouldn't but, know. You wouldn't. Know. You would just think you're weird. Yeah. Plus, no one talks about stuff like that, so it makes sense how you didn't even know, like. No one else had it. Wait, did you also think like non-Muslims had it? Like even like the Brits? Yeah, I thought everyone was exactly like me. Because because you're made to believe that that is normal. Mm. And do you think like because of it, you suffer from like PTSD and like anxiety and stuff? Uh, I wouldn't say... I mean, one of the things that, you know, I vowed to do is not see myself as as a victim because it wasn't me who, um, it's not my fault. I, I, you know, I I was a child when this was done to me. But one of the things that I do suffer from, as I said, are the health issues. And and those are physically demoralizing. You know, more than a mental thing is the physicality of it. 
you just feel like dead for most of the month for most of the time and you've got all of these other various different issues so that has an impact on your mental health because you can't really do very much Mm. I'm very sporty I like to go for a run I like to go and do all these different activities but unfortunately I'm hindered because of the pain that I'm that I've got yeah wow do you feel like there there needs to be more help like on in like on the NHS and the private healthcare sector for people who've under who've undergone FGM like not only like the reversal but help in terms of to cope with the pain and like the trauma definitely but you know what we're starting from a really low base I think they 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 have made some progress but Mm -hmm. they need to do a lot more um maybe give people counseling if that's what they want to do um but you know like everything there's there's huge financial pressure on these uh, on these services so I don't necessarily expect there will be major changes and, and you know all of a sudden you're going to have thousands of hundreds of thousands of pounds poured into this unfortunately mm. but I think that one way to eradicate it is to is to make sure that the next generation doesn't suffer the same yeah the same I, mean, way. I don't think they would unless like they're in the bush somewhere yeah, which is great, you know, which is, yeah. which is that, that alone is progress. And certainly, certainly FGM should be eradicated or we should aim to eradicate it in the West. I think it's less prevalent with my age group, but then with the age group like below us, like the 2000 babies and stuff, they probably like don't have it. But yeah. that's just wishful thinking. I don't really know, to be honest. You never know, because everything is, like, kept hidden. Yeah, and it's also kept in secret, so you don't actually know. There's no statistics, you know. What, where, mm. is the, where is the evidence to suggest that this has been eradicated? It's just difficult mm. to know, because, because it's so secretive and there's such a closed community. And like you yeah, said, but... they won't declare it. You've, you know, you've told me the story about... Um, the poor girl who got convinced by her mother, basically, emotionally yeah. blackmailed, just done. And she's not oh, on the system. yeah, she's not on the system, and neither are. Um, uh, this girl apparently, my friend knows two girls as well that um, they got taken to Somalia, and then they got, but you know, Badia, which is I think in mm-hmm. English is like the bush, basically. Um, they got taken there and then they've had the it done side. yeah the countryside and then that's where they had it done and then um, they came back but they never like they're not even angry with their parents like they don't really care which I find weird yeah but yeah. I think in the future they'll realise like what, how bad it is but that's because probably they were told that um, this is the thing to do isn't it mm. I'm convinced that the parent would have would have spin this in in a positive way and when you're a child you are oh no, very... no they weren't children it was during secondary school times yeah but sometimes you're very impressionable isn't it mm-hmm. you're very very impressionable for the more people that speak I and feel given like... that this is about 
Huh? It's not taught in schools either. Yeah, it's not this taught. This is not taught in school either, so you don't know that it is wrong. Yeah, it's true. Like, we got taught about honour killings and stuff and arranged marriages and all that kind of stuff, but I feel like they should have touched on this topic because, like, the Arab and the African students, like, would have benefited from it if they knew how wrong it was. Yeah, but you know why they didn't... Ca- you know why they didn't touch on this subject? I mean, I'm not, I'm not making a, a conspiracy theory, but at the end of the day, you've got a large Asian population which has been here for a long time, um, and they don't tend to practice this. In their oh, community, yeah, it's more yeah. prevalent to have arranged marriage. It's more prevalent to have domestic violence, um, but not FGM. And this is something that matters to this community, which has been here longer than we have. Yeah, we've only been here like... Yeah, exactly. So I'm not surprised that they will prioritise issues that affect this community for a long time over, you know... Mm-hmm. But they've barely focused on it, so to be honest, I don't really, I don't really think they care. <laughs> what, on FGM? Not FGM, but about ethnic minorities in general, like... They'll focus on it just so that they don't offend us. But I don't think because we're we're like we're like six percent of the population. I don't think they care yeah, that but much. But I also think that um, this is something which is probably quite um, quite sort of Anglo-Saxon, if you like. And what you've got is that they have this attitude towards ethnic minorities minorities in general that they will let them just get away with stuff like that because they think that they will be offending cultural habits which yeah. is wrong you know it's just wrong because you you can't you can't say that because a particular culture amputates limbs or whatever you can't say oh we should just ignore it because it's a cultural activity mm. and, and and there's actually if you if you've got to um uh, kind of get this attitude if you want to see how that is so prevalent in you know western feminism and acad- academia there's a lady called um Germaine Greer and I don't know if you've heard of her but she is uh, a prominent western feminist and she's kind of people have kind of fallen out of love with her because she does have quite strong opinions which quite a lot of people disagree with um but anyway, so she was on a on a program the other week, and I was watching it, and she was asked about FGM, and actually, she said she won't condemn FGM. She's a fem- she's supposed to be a feminist. She won't condemn it. And she said this because she won't condemn it because she said it's something which they practice in their culture, and we should just let them get on with it. Okay. Yeah, she she's eighty years old. She's one of the prominent. She basically was in the suffragettes and oh she had done kind of she white yeah you know a lot yeah, of yeah. people say that um white fem- uh, feminism in general for white women they don't really care about other women which is why like the womanist movement and other kind of like feminist movements have like came to play i mean it's probably an interesting topic to cover in another podcast yeah but, not no. uh, i mean <laughs> Totally, Western feminism is is what it is. It's Western feminism, and that's what it should be defined as. It shouldn't be defined as global feminism because every not. single different country 
has has got his own women in those societies have got their own struggles hey yeah all right then um thank you right. for coming on basically no you're most welcome and like for speaking up like i know it's hard for some people i know it's not for you but you'll give others a voice like when they see someone speaking about it yeah and i didn't want to be anonymous just because of that because people shouldn't be ashamed of it it's not their fault you know it's true it's not don't see yourself as a victim um you are a victim of um fgm mm-hmm. but you're not a victim in the sense that you know you shouldn't you shouldn't feel um embarrassed or ashamed in any way whatsoever you were a child and you had no saying in this uh, being inflicted on you that would be my message that's true that's a and get 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 the reversal done don't wait until you get married oh oh so oh yeah well, uh, they wait until they're married because they don't want to go through the pain but um do you think it's better to have it done earlier well the reason why they get it done just for the marriage is because obviously they're getting married um and they'll you know they'll be sexually active because they are in they are in in a relationship in marriage before that yeah, they but don't who get recommends it, done. it to them do is it the gp they go to your gp um and then get your ask for a procedure to reverse mm-hmm. it um because even if you don't even if you're not in a relationship and you're not about to get married it's a point of principle that you should get the reversal done because it's wrong it's a wrong activity shouldn't have been inflicted on you so you shouldn't carry on um living with it it's true but what if their parents disagree what advice would you give to them like your mom didn't really agree with it right no she didn't and actually i went on my own and got the reversal done i didn't actually tell her um she found out because i was struggling to pick up something from the floor because i was in loads of pain but i think you should ignore your parents because like I said, this it shouldn't have been done to you anyway. Um, so listening to your parents and saying, I'm not going to get it done because overnight, as soon as I get it done, I might turn into the biggest whore um, and sleep around and have loads of uh, partners. <laughs> because that's the reason why, that's the reason why they do this in, to you in the first place. It will, not, it will not all of a sudden make you a sex addict, I promise. Mm. Do you want to explain? Um, do you want to explain what they do for the reversal? Like, do what do they do? Like, do they reconstruct it or? You can only you can only get the reversal done if you've got the type three. Okay. So what they mean is they just open you up. And do you have like your, your open the lips. is your stuff in there, or did they cut it off like? No, they just get, so what happens is the skin is sewn together. Yeah. Get a pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. They cut a year half away, so I could hear them cutting my skin like this paper. Ew, okay. Cut the cut, and then they'll sew it back. They sew it back the lips. And with type three, do they let you keep like your labia and stuff like that, or they chop that off as well? Uh, labia is inside, isn't it? So with type three, they just sew it up. They cut your clitoris. Okay. They shave your clitoris. Shave or cut? And, um, well, cut. Okay. Like the whole thing? Well, there's only a tiny amount of it outside, if you remember. The majority of your clitoris is actually inside. Okay. 
inside your vagina. Okay. So it's inside basically. Um, so, so they cut the bit that's on the outside and they sew up your lips and they just give you a tiny place, tiny little place to pee from. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> okay, guys, take care of the vice and get the reversal done. If you had type 3, what, what about type 4, where they use, like, acid and stuff? You can't do nothing for that. No, that actually doesn't happen in Somalia. Uh, or oh, I personally have not heard of that type 4. That's, type 4 is more, I think, I have met someone who had it done, but it's more of a West African thing, where they physically take the whole thing out or they burn it uh, and, and then burn, so right. oh my god that's so messed up you can't have a reversal for that right no because you would have lost certain organs that would have been they would have basically been killed off and what's common in somalia is it type three type three yeah so you've got wow. um you've got like type one type two you've done the research so you know I'm yeah sure yeah your listeners so you've got type one, type two, type three, and Somalia. What is common to have type two and type three? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay then. With that, we would leave. Hiya, with that lovely. For, um, <laughs> with that very like detailed explanation. Nice oh, so sad, Wallahi. It is. It's very sad. Must stop. Okay, thanks well, for joining me. I know you're tired and stuff. No, no, it's fine. You're most welcome. I'm glad we ma- finally managed to work. Get the um, yeah. app to work. And All right. Like, inshallah, you jo- join me in the podcast. Like, you wanted to yeah, discuss definitely. mental health. And yeah, just come to me with a topic. Like, I, I don't mind talking about anything. Yeah, great. Mental health next. Hiya. Do you want the followers to follow you on any social media or. Um, I'm Anything? a social media phobe, so um, okay. I. But you know, you can send if anyone has got any questions. You've got my number. Um, send them my way. I happily answer. Okay, hey. That they've got, or give them guidance, or whatever. If they fancy a chat, you know, you've got mm-hmm. my mobile number. Just send them my way. Okay. It's an area that All I'm right, very passionate you. about. So. Okay, it's nice to raise awareness about it. Definitely. Hi, yeah. All right, then. Thanks for joining me, Nadira. No problem. Thanks, Ayan. Okay. Hi, yeah. Salama. Bye bye. Bye. Hello, and thanks for listening. Please follow my social media at, um, on Twitter, Ayan Chat, on Instagram, Ayan Marian. It's Ayan with two A's, by the way. On curious chat if you wanna ask anything or you know suggest any topics ayan chat and if you wanna follow my Snapchat it's ayan yo thanks for listening and come back Bye. have a great day.